What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to the Fix Your Sciatica podcast, where we meet with experts and clients and discuss how to manage your sciatica and low back pain without the use of medications or surgery. I'm your host, Dr. Ashley Mack, and I'm a physical therapist as well as the founder of iFixYourSciatica.com, a go-to resource for pain management. Over the past few weeks, I had the opportunity to interview people when it comes to their lifestyle changes and the impacts on health. And primarily, I've been focusing on food because what we put in our bodies on a regular basis is going to impact how we feel from an energy standpoint, but also from an inflammation and even pain sensitivity. So I started to take a deep dive into looking about all those different eating plans. And I've gone through all these different eating and nutrition plans myself. But rather than just hear it from me, I thought it would be a great opportunity to start interviewing um, other people about it. And so today's guest is someone who had um, a couple of really interesting events that led them to actually making changes and is really living the vegan lifestyle, which I highly respect. Um, I myself am a meat eater, but I do respect people who choose to to eat more of those vegetables forward. And so today we have Christy Howell, who is actually the founder of the Vegan Townie, who has an amazing story and has some really cool actionable steps for us today. So Christy, thank you so much for being on today's episode. Thanks, Ashley. I appreciate it. And so let's get right into it. Let's talk about yourself, what your journey was like to where you're at today. Sure. Um, I'll go back a little bit. I have a more recent story, but it's it's better to go back a little bit because um, I want to point out that I'm not a perfect vegan. I do the best I can, and I think that we're all doing the best we can to improve the way that we're eating and the way that we're living and how we're affecting everything around us, including the earth. So years ago, I worked for a costume designer. Fun job, got to travel lots of places, uh, was going back and forth to China, going across the United States for many different reasons related to that job. Well, it's basically the fashion industry, if you will. So there's a lot of pressure to look a certain way. And when you're traveling so much, you also need to feel a certain way. If you're moving around like that all the time, you really need the energy that you were talking about. So um, in an airport one day, my boss bought a book and and uh, she was going to be gone for the evening. And I said, hey, can I grab that from you and just take a look at it while you're gone? I read through that book in a matter of hours and overnight, boom, became vegan because of some of the things that were said in there that really prompted me to evaluate the things that I had been doing and how they were making me feel. Well, as most people do, um, overnight, 
doesn't always work. So whether you're quitting smoking or quitting drinking or quitting, quitting whatever habit it is that you believe is making you feel ill. So I played around for a while with eating eggs and eating cheese. And then eventually, and I can't even tell you what the um, impetus was, but I, again, went total, totally vegan. And I've been that way for well over 10 years. And I, a lot of things went away for me. So that afternoon fog after eating lunch, which is a common thing that people uh, complain about is after I ate lunch, I just want to take a nap. So that went away for me and I felt better when doing my job and I did lose some weight, but it wasn't a ton of weight, but it was still, I lost some weight and I felt better in my body and I was able to exercise better. So that, that was a huge thing for me as, as having that energy to really exercise to the level that I thought I should be at it at the age I was at the time. Fast forward 10 years, I'm doing all these things. And at that same time, I had also given up gluten and wheat. And I want to um, bring that into the picture because 10 years later, I was exercising and I started having problems with shortness of breath and pain running down my arms. But it wasn't a classic, you're going to have a heart attack sort of situation. And what I kept thinking back to is, well, I've been in five different car accidents within a five-year period over this last 10 years. So maybe it's just, you know, that upper body pain coming and and not going to be a big deal. But knowing what I know from having been in healthcare for so many years and working in primary care, I knew that it was important to go to my primary care provider to check these things out because it was affecting my life. I, I was having difficulty exercising, but then it started bothering me at other times. So I went to my primary care physician. I had an abnormal EKG. I had an abnormal um, stress test. I had an abnormal catheterization. Shocking. How in the world could this have happened? I've been eating a vegan diet and it wasn't just because I wanted to feel better and I wanted to look better and perform better, but I have a very long history of family history of heart disease in my family, both on my mother's side and my father's side. So I was paying very close attention to those things. I, I wasn't paying close attention to some of the things, though, in the plant-based world, which for me and my body, it did not react well. Um, so what I learned after having open heart surgery and then having that scar over within two to three weeks coming back to the same place that I was and having to have another open heart surgery just this past summer, I... Uh, I, what I learned by going through Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn's reverse or prevent and reverse heart disease program is that I'm deathly allergic to oils and oils is a, um, you know, a refined product that is on the market and heavily used in the vegan world and every other eating pattern. It's um, touted to be a heart healthy item 
And while I can't um, produce for you all of the science without referring to my mentors like Dr. Esselstyn or Dr. Michael Greger, because I'm not a clinician, I, I can bring that information to people to show them how that might negatively affect them. So that was an inflammation trigger for me because I had given up all of the dairy. I had given up all of the meat. I had given up the eggs, everything with a, a face eyes and a mother I had given up, but I hadn't given up the high fat plant products like oil specifically is um, for me a major problem. But, you know, avocados, seeds, and nuts also have a high content of fat. Now, I come at this from a perspective of no one is perfect. And we we keep refining. Rather than eating the refined foods, we refine what we eat. And we have to do a kind of a daily audit of what we're eating and find those things that are not treating our body as well as we would like them to. So I'm not foolish enough to think that just strictly saying everybody should become vegan and eat a plant-based diet, I'm not foolish enough now to not say that there are some things in our plant-based world that might also affect you. So that that's... Um, a little bit of my history and the probably the most impactful parts of my history that have put me where I am now. And as far as business, I had been dreaming up this vegan townie for many, many years, for a very long time, and had really dove in hard a little over a year ago before this event that happened to me last summer. And, and um, it really affect me, affected me profoundly in how I am approaching this business. We are going to take a quick break to tell you about our awesome new program called the Sciatica Protocol. If you don't have the time to see a professional, but are tired of trying to figure out this recovery on your own, then the Sciatica Protocol is for you. Harness the power of a knowledgeable physical therapist through your phone. It takes no more than seven minutes per day, and it is designed to help you recover as quickly as possible. It is simple to start, and all you need to do is log into ifixyoursciatica.com forward slash the dash sciatica dash protocol and fill out the nine question quiz to begin. The link for the program is in today's show notes. What an amazing story. Um, I think there are a lot of really interesting and, and uh, learnable or actionable points that you've shared with us throughout all this. I think one of the first thing that you actually talked about was this concept of nothing happens overnight. Um, and it's anything overnight, it's not always going to work. And so I thought that was a really interesting thing because that's, that's what happens in life and behaviors and habits is the fact that we live a stressful life to begin with and trying to implement change. One of the most important things throughout is that we have to be consistent. And I love the fact that 
I mean, it's been a, a, a 10-year journey of, of you going through all this and it's regular practice and and being able to say, how can I implement this on a regular basis? And for you listeners out there, not only will this apply to food and what you put in your body, but this also comes to your exercise program, your stretching program. I often tell the clients that I work with, if these activities feel great, do more of them. And it's the same thing with the food. If you eat these foods and they make you feel amazing, then eat more of them. If you know that there are certain foods that actually make you not feel so great, go ahead and take a step away, which then actually transitions into, and I, and I love the fact that you brought up this concept of you keep refining what you, what you eat, um, doing a daily audit and be able to say, how do I feel? What was the reflection or what, what were the actions that I took? What were the things that I put in my body the, the previous days? Um, which may or may not have led to how I'm feeling today. And when it comes to uh, pain management or like dealing with sciatica pain or even dealing with any sort of other pains, your pain is going to fluctuate. There are going to be triggers. There are going to be things that will influence how you feel. And when you're working with a clinician or even if you're following a program by yourself, you do have to check in on yourself on a daily basis to be able to see how am I feeling? And I think it's important. And you probably have done this as well when it comes to the food that you eat, when it comes to how am I feeling? You do that daily check-in. It's not just, I feel good. I feel bad. I feel okay. But being able to be a little bit more descriptive in regards to how you feel. And uh, when I work with clients, um, when I when I ask them how you're feeling, um, I think the first one to two sessions, people are still not quite used to doing that actual check-in to be able to say, how am I feeling? Because we're so used to saying, I'm doing all right. I'm feeling fine. And then we kind of just go about our day, right? But if we literally take a pause and say, how am I actually feeling? We're going to be able to open up a huge world of information that is going to be very, very crucial to driving the actions that we're going to be doing for the rest of the day. And so I, I really appreciate that, uh, Chrissy. It's, uh, it's, it's really, really helpful to be able to look into that. And I think it's so easy for us to really overlook uh, how we feel so we can go back to our old habits, uh, feeling the same way that we're doing. So I, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. And so let's talk a little bit more about... Um, Let's talk a little bit more plant-based eating. I think you said it in short um, before, but for those listeners out there, I think a lot of people think, all right, plant-based eating, um, it's just going to be salads and like boiled broccoli and all this like really, really boring stuff. But the truth is, is that plant, plant-based eating is, is, is much greater than that. And so tell us a little bit more about plant-based eating and the plant-based lifestyle. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'm not, I'm not a big cook. I grew up cooking for my family. And when I say my family, as I was growing up, you know, by the time I was 10, 11, 12, I was helping make sure that we had meals on the table for dinner because my parents both worked and I was the older child. So that was kind of my role. And I, I never really gained a, a sense of um, wonder about cooking because we had the same things over and over and over. I was supplied the materials and I would put them together for dinner. 
And everybody was fine because that's what we were used to eating. And we weren't really thinking too much about what it was or how to make it better. But, but the way that I grew up though, was we had like half an acre vegetable garden every summer. And so I always had access, even if it were canned or frozen vegetables from our summer produce from the year before. And that stuck with me. That is definitely something that I really appreciate about growing up and growing up kind of out in the country and having that opportunity. But today, having lived in town and suburbs and actually in a townhouse condo situation before, it is possible to grow your own food right outside your door. We had a beautiful garden right outside of our condo. We had four, um, oh my goodness. So there's a place in Colorado that builds those big, huge wind turbines. And there are boxes that they use that are made out of wood and metal put together to um, protect those pieces as they travel. And there are people who recycle those and you can stack them on top of each other to create like a three by four little garden plot. We had four of those right outside of our door, literally at, in our condo. And so it can be done. It can be done right outside your door. It can be probably done inside your house, but I haven't played with that too much. So I, I have to talk about that a little bit because first you have to have access to the food. And most of us in the U.S. do have that opportunity and that access. But there is there is a portion of our population in the United States that don't have access to fresh fruits, vegetables, or even the frozen or the canned kind. It's, um, it's a real problem. And anyway, that's something that we can address later or at another time. But for those of us who do have access to it, just putting in the work, you were talking about putting in the time with stretching and doing those sorts of things. This is similar in that you have to put in the work beforehand. But let's say you don't want to grow anything and you just want to buy it from your local grocery store. I can take you into any grocery store in the United States and really drive you towards the things that are on a plant-based diet without a lot of effort. It's very easy for me to do because I've been doing that for a really long time. Back to the cooking part. Um, some people really enjoy cooking and there are so many plant-based recipes and cookbooks out there. I couldn't even begin to tell you all of them. But if you really enjoy cooking and enjoying different flavors and mixtures of things, and you want to be very specific about it, some people are very close recipe followers, where I am a stock pot and let's throw some cabbage and some broccoli and some beans and just anything that I have in the refrigerator to to make a soup. Soups are a really easy way to get in all of those different veggies and then also to get in beans. And 
all of your vegetables are going to have some level of protein in them. And I know that that's a real huge thing in the United States. We talk about protein all the time. And if you want to add more to it, then throw those beans in there. That's a great way to get your protein. Um, but you can eat very simply too. Uh, there's a way of eating just straight up out of the garden or from your local grocery store or from your CSA or your farmer's market where you can just eat raw or barely cooked vegetables and fruits. And that will do you as good, if not better. I am not a raw foodie, but I can appreciate those people that are. And I see that it does them a ton of good. And there are some vegetables that when you cook them, they're actually better for you, like a mushroom, than they are if they're eaten raw. So it's learning all those little nuances about the different types of foods that you want to consume and whether they should be cooked or whether they're better raw and how you might enjoy them. But it's going to be different for everyone. Some people like a fully cooked, you know, four-course meal at the end of their day. Some people just want to make it really simple because they've um, some people like to wind their body down for rest and not have that, that competing uh, process of digestion and trying to get restorative sleep. So there's a lot of different ways that you can do plant-based living. It's not a one way or the highway type of way. And, and wherever you are is you can start there. Just just start right wherever you are um, collecting information about what you have available around you. I think what's really cool about um, this plant-based eating is that actually, if, if done correctly, I mean, if you're looking at the purest forms of plants in regards to being able to cook it, um, you're kind of doing this migration to uh, minimally processed foods, um, granted that there's an entire industry that actually addresses, uh, you know, meat substitutes, very processed vegetable things. But um, it's really cool to be able to transition and say, that, you know, if you're eating what you're growing or if you're going to the grocery store and you're staying pretty much along the perimeter, right, of, of the grocery store, you're actually having the, the least processed. And so um, what, one thing that I have come across when it comes to uh, eating more of like a plant forward lifestyle, which is what we live out here in California, because we have access to amazing farmers markets out here. But um, it is the minimally processed in regards to how I feel um, in regards to energy, how my joints feel and everything else like that, uh, which kind of goes into this concept or this correlation between the level of processing and the level of inflammation that our body deals with. So in your experience and what you've seen, um, let's talk about like, yeah, the, the minimally processed foods and, and it's, and it's relationship with, uh, inflammation. If you, if you've seen that. Yeah. So, um, I was recently reading an interview that Dr. Mark Katz had in a different podcast and talking about inflammation of, of the epithelial lining of your vessels and that is also another area that Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr., MD, 
talked with me specifically about, and when he talked with me about the oils, let's say, so for me, that damages my epithelial cells. And I'll, I'll give you an example. So this morning before we did our podcast, I'm thinking, man, you know, should I eat or should I not eat before I do the podcast? Because I want to really pay attention to doing the podcast and I don't want my stomach to be thinking about digestion while I'm doing this. But then I, but then this is, these are some of the ways that I evaluate myself and how I feel when you were talking about how you feel. But instead I reevaluated that and I thought, no, because my, my learning is from Dr. Esselstyn that I need to be consuming leafy greens six times a day with a small amount of balsamic vinegar on them. And I need to start my day that way. And I need to do that today, just like I did it yesterday. Just because I have this going on shouldn't stop me from my normal way of eating. The reason that he wants me to have those six servings of greens daily is because of protecting those epithelial cells and reducing inflammation. So it's really important, like you said before, to stay consistent, to evaluate the situation. How am I feeling? Well, I was feeling excited and anxious to do this podcast. And my first inclination, because it's a uh, reductionist thinking, I think is what we often get into is, nope, I need to do this. But in order for me to feel well, to do this podcast, I needed to do that. So um, I'll tell you some of the inflammatory foods that I had this morning before we got on this podcast. So I had my daily greens with the balsamic vinegar, and I had my daily oatmeal with my daily blueberries and my daily um, alma powder and my daily um, flaxseed ground flaxseed and cinnamon in my oatmeal and my green tea. I just saw you lift up your cup. So my green tea, all of those things are inflammation reducers. And it's a regular routine for me because I am acutely aware of the damage that is caused when I don't do that. And being consistent in it is getting me to that place where both times, so really quickly, when I had the first minimally invasive open heart surgery to fix my LAD, and it was the widow maker that was found, I was back to my normal exercise routine within three weeks. That is all because of all the plants and the way that I fed my body before. Even though I had that injury, that is what really catapulted my recovery. And I was back to rowing and I was back to long distance walking within three weeks. Now that scarred up, that's why I had to have the second surgery. And that is something completely outside of food. There, I was 
doing all of the medication regimens and I was doing the food regimen. And then I had the open heart surgery, which is the full on cut the breastplate surgery. Again, I was back to my normal level of exercise. This time it was more like four or five weeks, but it was almost immediate. That is a a huge jump for people is getting over having that injurious surgery to fix something like that. There is a time, uh, you know, allotted for recovery, but I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have gotten back to that without eating the way that I eat. And it's, it's, um, it's the best evidence that I have personally that you can heal your body from injuries quickly if you are consuming the right foods, if you are exercising daily, because it's not just about the food, but it's primarily about the food. But as far as, um, I'm sorry, the inflammation goes, I pay attention to every meal with those anti-inflammatory foods. I love that. Um, I think it really shines a huge example in regards to the the role of inflammation in regards to how our body functions. And so listeners, what's really important is that inflammation in itself is not a bad thing. Actually, when you get injured, there is going to be inflammation because, and, and remember, inflammation is going to be increased blood flow, increased cellular activity to the specific injured tissue because we need to have tissue healing. What we're really talking about is this concept of systemic inflammation where your body is going through this process where it's just trying to fight off and deal with all the things that are getting presented uh, to itself. And so when you're dealing with systemic inflammation, chronic inflammation, that's when we're going to be having more tissue breakdown. That's where we're going to have much more stress. Our pain sensitivity is going to be so much higher. And it seems as if, Christy, that what's really cool about your plant-based eating and also eating based on how you feel and how your body uh, performs and reacts to the foods that you put in, um, it can actually accelerate healing by reducing inflammation and giving the human body the necessary tools and building blocks to recover, um, which is what you what you went through. And I love the fact that you brought up this um, from an exercise standpoint, where uh, after your first surgery, you did um, some rowing and long distance walking. And what's really great, and your doctor probably told you this as well, is that walking is probably the best exercise that we can do because it's relatively low impact, but it gets the entire body moving. And walking itself gets overlooked so much because it's something that we do every day and it's a form of locomotion. A lot of people don't look at walking as a form of exercise because we live in a society where having to go intense, long and hard. And it's something that, um, yeah, because we live in that society where it's like intense, long, hard workouts or complicated workouts is considered good, that we forget that there's a lot of really simple changes that we can make over a long period of time, that's going to have a significant result uh, if we follow them as compared to trying to do something extremely complicated. 
And I think that's one of the biggest barriers. I mean, one, obviously, access to good quality vegetables is, is probably like the biggest barrier. But number two is being able to take action. Uh, because a lot of people think if I'm going to make changes to my lifestyle, it has to be very complicated. And the sheer complexity, thinking about it, they're already creating these obstacles saying that they're not going to do it and throwing in an injury such as a heart surgery, or if you hurt your back or your experience in the pain that you're, you're going through, um, acts as a speed bump. And another thing that helps that another thing that drives us to deviate from our path, from looking inward and be able to say, what can I do to make myself feel a lot better? And so for the listeners out there, you know, I want to be able to, when everyone listens to an episode that they leave with some form of action, so for someone who's listening and they're saying, oh, well, you know what? I am eating a little bit more of the processed foods. It sounds like vegetables going more focused on the, the plant-based eating could be really helpful because surprisingly enough, I think that, and this is what I've seen, I don't think that people eat enough vegetables. Um, I, I see it a lot um, when I work with the, the folks who say who want to lose a little bit more weight or who want to get back into fitness and want to be able to make changes to their diet. Um, one of the big things when I ask them about vegetables, they often say that they don't eat vegetables, which kind of blows my mind because out here in California, again, there's so many amazing vegetables on a seasonal basis that is accessible to us. So, um, let's talk about three action steps that listeners can take, um, upon leaving this, uh, this episode, um, in regards to plant-based eating. Sure. Uh, the first I would say would be exactly what you you said if you're shopping in a grocery store for your foods do go along the perimeter stay in the fruit and vegetable fresh area but venture into the frozen area because those frozen fruits and vegetables are also good for you and it's an easy way to constantly have them on hand with the fresher things you know you have to get them more often because they start breaking down and ruining really easily. Um, as much as possible, stay within those two areas. If you need to get canned things, those, you know, they're not terrible. They're not the best, but they're not terrible. And they're also more processed if they are in the cans and they usually have a lot of sodium in them. So if you can stay in the frozen and the fresh area, that'd be great. And then the second thing would be just take a look at your plate. So you can, you can even have a huge plate. You know, it used to be that they would say, get the smallest plate and, you know, fill, eat, just eat what's on the smallest plate. Well, that's not reality. So the reality is, is that people usually want more food than just the small little salad plate. So just get your regular plate, but then split it in half. And this half over here to the left needs to be full of non-starchy vegetables. So whatever you like, doesn't matter. There's such a range. Mushrooms, asparagus, all of those, all of those things, non-starchy vegetables. And then over here on the right hand side, you want to have some starchy vegetables, like even potatoes, white potatoes, but sweet potatoes are even better or brown rice, or oatmeal, or whatever um, starchy vegetable, and then maybe some starchy grain 
you can trade out. But then that's just one quarter of that size. And then the other quarter over here should be um, fruits, some kind of fruit, something that will um, satisfy that sweet tooth that you have. But use a big plate, eat lots of vegetables, <laughs> eat lots of starchy vegetables and non-starchy vegetables, but then add in the fruit, make sure you have grains. And, and I am, if through all the learnings that I've done, I'm less concerned about somebody not getting enough protein than, than uh, getting too much because you should be eating legumes lentils, beans, those are primary sources of protein on a plant-based diet. But you can be overeating those too. And they have a lot of, um, they're very starchy, I guess. And so th they can cause weight gain if you're eating too much of it. So I, I agree with you, Ashley. I think that people do not get enough vegetables and that that can, should consume half of your large plate i love it um i think what's really cool about plant-based eating as well is that compared to say um eating a lot of the eating a lot of say like heavy grains or like a lot of ultra processed food vegetables are very uh are not calorically dense and for someone like me who has a big appetite one of the things i love about eating so many vegetables is that you can pretty much eat so much to the point where you're really full. And if you're someone who counts their calories, um, you're going to be able to really get full and satisfied while also not necessarily hitting that caloric uh, limit that you had to set for yourself. So that was one thing that I found to be really um, helpful. And I think that you put up a really good point where it's, it's all about doing your best with this is doing whatever you can. Not everyone's perfect. And the more time and the more grace that we give ourselves, it allows us to actually make those changes while life's stresses and obstacles come in our way. And so I'm really thankful for, um, say, coaches like you, because when we're working with um, people like um, we'll say even in health, I mean, there's a, there's, there's the, the hierarchy. And if I may, um, you know, you look at the doctors, doctors are the ones that are giving the medical advice. And then you go from doctors and they're kind of like the gatekeeper saying like, okay, you should be doing X, Y, and Z. But the reality is that clinicians, doctors, even physical therapists, like the challenges is that they're, we're giving, they're giving you these concepts and then you leave and say, how can I actually implement this? And coaches like yourself take this information from the clinician and say, all right, well, the, the doctor says you need to eat more vegetables. This is how we can actually make that possible. So instead of having these people leave the clinic saying, oh my gosh, I need to eat more vegetables. How do I do this? We have people like you who can actually implement and provide those strategies to make it as easy as possible. In some cases, simplify it so it's less scary, which then brings me up to my next question is the fact that you you are the founder of the vegan town and you, you help people actually implement all this stuff in regards to transitioning and eating more vegetables. What's the best way that folks can, can find you and get in touch with you? Yeah. So um, you could text me. I find that that uh, 
talking with people over text just moves things forward a lot quicker. Some people want something overnight. They don't want to wait. So you can reach me at 970-222-1087. So you can give me a call. You can give me a text. That's probably the fastest way. But you can also email me at Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y, at Vegan Townie, V-E-G-A-N-T-O-W-N-I-E.com. So there you have it. For listeners, if you didn't get a chance to write that down, I'm actually going to put all of her contact information into the show notes. Um, and I love the fact that people are um, that people can text you. Um, I think text is one of the greatest things that often gets lost. Um, and so we answer the majority of people answer their texts uh, pretty quickly. So Christy, thank you so much for sharing your experience and the benefits of plant-based eating. Uh, listeners out there, if you're looking to... Um, transition and make some changes to your eating, Christy is a person to talk with. So Christy, thank you so much for being today's guest. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you got some help from today's podcast. And for more info, check us out at ifixyoursciatica.com. Have a fantastic and pain-free day. No patient-therapist relationship is formed by listening to this podcast. We are not providing medical advice and all information should be confirmed by a medical provider.